There are quite a few people that Paul mentions in his letters who we know very little about. Some of them are good examples of faithfulness. These two are not. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two Christ followers who had apparently lost the battle, dropped the faith, seared their consciences, and shipwrecked their lives. In my previous Timothy My Son post, I looked at Hymenaeus. Now let's look at Alexander. At the end of Paul's second letter to Timothy, Alexander appears in an almost parenthetical statement. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. All we know about him is that he was a metal worker, that he opposed Paul's message, and he's dangerous. Be on your guard against him. Apparently, for both Hymenaeus and Alexander, the root of their issue is blasphemy. Much like Paul, I don't think the problem was taking the Lord's name in vain. It was presuming to speak on behalf of Almighty God, to be telling the truth about the gospel and the coming resurrection unto eternal life, which was anything but. Paul's solution was to hand them over to Satan. There's a couple of things, thoughts that come to mind here. The first is what happens when a Christ follower determines to no longer follow. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he confronts an issue around a man who's involved in an incestuous relationship with his mother. His advice to the church is to get rid of the old yeast. He then goes on in this context, writing, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Paul's solution is to show them the door. Get rid of the old yeast. Don't let them have any influence. But what are we as believers to do with those who are outside of the faith? We're to reach them with the love of Christ. I hate to say it, but love the sinner and hate the sin. They need to be called to repentance, but without love, you're just not you're, you're just making a lot of noise. And unfortunately, the church in our day and culture is not very good at that. The other thought is around the process of church discipline. What's the leadership of the church to do when there's sin in the church? You do what Matthew 18 tells us to do. Number one, go to them, just the two of you, point out their sin. If they listen, you've won them over. Two, if they do not listen, take one or two others with you as witnesses to the conversation. If they listen, you've won them over. Number three, if they still do not listen, tell it to the church and treat them with someone who does not know Christ. And how do we treat people who do not know Christ? How are we to treat pagans and tax collectors? As people who need Jesus. We're to love them into the kingdom. Should I get into where two or three are gathered? Sure, but briefly. This text is often used for small church gatherings, worship services, or prayer meetings, that if even a couple of us are there, Jesus is also there, so we know that our prayers will be heard. It's true, but it's also true if I'm sitting under a tree by myself. Jesus is also there, so I know my prayers are being heard. This 
isn't this a guarantee that if two or three people agree on any prayer request that it will be done for them by my Father in heaven? Um, sorry, but no. So if I can get two other people to pray with me that the Toronto Blue Jays will win the World Series this year, I can't take it to the bank? That's right. The answer is no. So what's it about? Remember the context? It's about church discipline. When you have to confront someone and they don't listen to you, take a couple of witnesses with you, because by having a couple of witnesses, if you agree the individual is not penitent and the matter has to go to the church leaders, God will be in agreement with the decision. That's it. Thus endeth the lesson and chapter one.